is the coronavirus under control? Do we have enough ventilators? Are government policies working? How many infections? How many deaths? When will it end? The governor of New York City this week described the epidemic there like a bullet train. But is it a runaway bullet train? Out of control and impossible to slow down. Can we save lives? Will we win the war? Can we stop death in its tracks? Or is it out of control? I recently saw an elderly neighbour taking a walk on the other side of the street and it struck me that perhaps he was a dead man walking. But then again, death will come to all of us one day, won't it? None of us can control when it will happen. But what about God? Is death beyond his control too? Does he have any power over it? Anything to say in the face of it? Our reading this morning from John's Gospel is the true story of two dead men walking. One dead man who walks out of his tomb alive and another living man who walks deliberately towards his own death. It's here to remind us that although death is real and painful and awful, it's not the end and it's not beyond God's control. Because this account from Jesus's life is full of hope and comfort and purpose. And you and I need to cling to the truths of this passage in these frightening times as we log in every day to find out the latest death toll. And we need to hold on to these truths and we need to hold them out to our frightened and dying world as well. Because Jesus is someone who has total control over death. And yet he's also someone who experienced the awful reality of death for himself. There are three lessons we're going to learn this morning. Here's the first one. Jesus' love reaches across death's divide. Jesus' love reaches across death's divide. So take a look there in your Bible. Verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. We're coming in halfway through the story. Jesus' friend Lazarus has died. His sisters have taken him to the grave. There's quite a, a crowd there and there's not a dry eye in the house. But Jesus doesn't stand nearby with a stiff upper lip. The Bible says he was deeply moved. That doesn't mean he couldn't hold himself together. It means he was outraged and troubled at what was going on. If you've ever lost a loved one in untimely circumstances, you'll know something of the anger that Jesus felt as he stood by Lazarus' tomb. Because anger 
is a natural part of grief. Why did this thing have to happen? It is so unfair. It is just wrong. You see, if we didn't feel like that, when someone was taken away from us, we might even ask if we truly loved the person who had been taken. But Jesus truly loved his friends. And he stood next to him in death. Next to the cave with a stone laid across the entrance. No way in. No way out. One of the tragedies of the COVID-19 disease is that those who die from it are put into sealed coffins. The disease is so infectious that you cannot kiss your loved ones goodbye. But death always does that. It always divides us from our nearest and dearest. It is an outrageous tragedy. And death divided Lazarus from his family and friends too. But Lazarus had one friend whose love reached across death's divide. Take away the stone, Jesus said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Martha knows that no one in their right mind chooses to dig up a dead body. She knows that it doesn't take long in the hot Middle Eastern climate for a body to start to decompose. Perhaps she had wrapped her brother in the grave clothes. Maybe she'd kissed him goodbye. She does not want to see his half-rotten corpse. But Jesus is in his right mind. He knows what he's doing. His love reaches across death's divide. Verse 40. Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? If we went back to the beginning of this story, the beginning of chapter 11, we would hear Jesus telling his disciples that Lazarus' death will glorify him. It will prove that he is God's son, that he has total control over death. And that is why Jesus does the unthinkable and opens a dead man's tomb. Verse 41. So they took away the stone. Now I would love to know what happened in that moment when the stone was rolled away. Did people peer inside? Did they put face masks over their faces? Did they look away or look at their feet or try to laugh off what was going on? We don't know what anyone else did, but we know that Jesus prayed. Verse 41. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus thanks his Father in heaven for hearing his prayer, because he knows that his prayer is going to change the world. Some of these ordinary people standing next to Jesus are going to start to believe in him 
as God changes their hearts to truly understand that he is God's son sent from heaven whose love reaches across death's divide. But can Jesus do anything more than lovingly reach across death's divide? Are his words merely brave talk and sentimentality to help people forget the pain? No. What happens next proves that death really is under Jesus' control. It's the second lesson from our passage. Jesus' voice has power to raise the dead. Jesus' voice has power to raise the dead. Verse 43. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. There's no drum roll, no fireworks, no earthquake. It's so normal, so matter of fact. Jesus speaks and a dead man walks out of his tomb. A man whose body had begun to decompose is raised back to life, just like that, in an instant. No false start. It just happens. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Now, boys and girls, if you're still listening, here's an idea for you to do later on. If your parents have been sensible and stacked up on loo roll, try dressing up like Lazarus. You can see what he looks like there. Wrap the loo roll around your ankles and your hands, put some over your face and then go into a small room in the house and tell someone to get you to come out of the room. I think it will probably be pretty difficult. You'll hop and shuffle and maybe even fall over. It was probably like that for Lazarus as he shuffled and hopped out into the darkness. So, sorry, into the light. So no wonder Jesus told them to get him some other clothes to wear. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let it go. Let him go. Hopefully, before too long, we'll all be allowed back out of our houses again. But if you spend the next few weeks or months stuck inside wearing your pyjamas and then you forget to put on your proper clothes, someone may tell you to go home and get dressed again. It's like that for Lazarus. He is wearing dead man's clothes. And so it's time to get dressed for life again. Because Jesus' powerful voice has brought him back from the dead. Now this must have been a wonderful moment for Lazarus and his family. But it wasn't just for them. It was a trailer of what Jesus would do for everyone one day. Chapter 5 verse 28 says this. A time is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. One day Jesus will simply say, come out, and all the dead people will be raised to life. Because Jesus' voice has that much power over death. Most of the time we can hold death at arm's length. It intrudes into our lives occasionally, but then life tends to return to normal. 
right now it feels like the Grim Reaper is stalking our streets. We stay two metres away from other people for fear of being infected. And even if we're not overly concerned for ourselves, we fear for our loved ones and death will catch up with you and me in the end. But Jesus' words at Lazarus' graveside are words of great comfort because they remind us that no tomb is sealed forever. Lazarus spent four days in his tomb. We might spend 4,000 years in ours. But one day Jesus will say, come out and we will hear him and we will be raised from the dead. But what will happen then? Would it be like it was for Lazarus, shuffling around, blinded by the daylight, smelling by, of the grave? No, it won't. The rest of our reading begins to show us that it will be so much better than that. So secondly, Jesus' voice has power to raise the dead. And finally, Jesus' death makes us children of God. Jesus' death makes us children of God. It didn't take long for the Jewish leaders to hear of what Jesus had done and to hear that many had begun to believe in Jesus. And they soon started to think, hey, if everyone starts to follow Jesus, we could be in trouble. There could be an uprising. The Romans will come crashing down on our heads and our positions of power and influence will vanish overnight. We're in trouble. But a plan was forming in someone's mind. Verse 49. Then one of them named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realise that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. It's a simple idea. Make Jesus the scapegoat and the rest of us will be just fine. Caiaphas has got a plan, but God has got a plan too. Verse 51. He did not say this on his own. But as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. Jesus planned for, sorry, God planned for Jesus to die a sacrificial death to make us God's children. To bring all people who believe in Jesus into God's family. Jesus knew of the plan, and so he came into the world to lay down his life, to be the sacrificial lamb of God, who would die to take away the sin of the world. The sin that separates you and me from God, and that means we all deserve to die. Those words from chapter 5 again. An hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good 
to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. We won't be raised like Lazarus was to live this normal life and then to die again. We will be raised to face judgment. And if we've ignored God for all our lives, if we've rejected Jesus, God's son, then we will face eternal death. But if we've lived our lives for God, if we've trusted in Jesus as God's son, then we will receive eternal life. We will live forever as God's children. With death, no more than a distant memory. Perhaps you've heard of this man this week, Italian priest Don Giuseppe Berardelli. He was given a ventilator by his congregation, but as he suffered in hospital with the effects of COVID-19, he chose to give up his ventilator for someone else. He didn't know who got it, but Don Giuseppe Berardelli gave up his life willingly so that someone else could live. Jesus did that too. He gave up his life for you and me so that we could live. Verse 53. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the people of Judea. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the wilderness, to a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. Jesus wasn't hiding from death. He just knew it wasn't quite the right time. A few more days until the Passover, when the sacrificial lambs will die. That's when Jesus will appear in public again, knowing that he will soon die on the cross as the Lamb of God to make us children of God. Well, it's very hard, isn't it, to think about anything else but the coronavirus at the moment. We want it to end. We crave comfort and hope in the face of it. One day it will pass. But for now, it is good for you and me to stand with Jesus outside of Lazarus's tomb and to learn these lessons that Jesus has taught us. Because Jesus was in control of Lazarus' death. And he's in control of his own as well. Jesus didn't stand aloof or awkward or embarrassed when death invades our lives. His love reaches across death's divide. He isn't powerless or have nothing to say when death seems to have the last word. Jesus will have the last word. His voice has power to raise the dead. And Jesus didn't avoid death but experienced the pain of it himself. Not pointlessly, but for the most wonderful purpose of all. His death makes us children of God. So only Jesus can give us eternal hope and comfort in the face of death. So let's cling to these truths when we hear the latest death toll. And let's hold out these truths to our frightened and dying world too. Amen.